Hey everybody, welcome to the After Amen podcast. I'm Josh. And I'm Tanya, and we are excited to have you here for another episode. So we're just going to jump right in. We hope you enjoy. Hey everybody! (laughs) I feel like that was very loud and boisterous. Yeah. Are you feeling loud and boisterous? Well, it's today? it's really windy out here on our deck, so I fi- I figured I need to get loud. To... I don't think you need to get loud. I think okay. you're plenty loud enough. I'm plenty loud. Yeah. Oh, okay. I think so. I've never been accused of being too loud. Really? Hmm. Mm. Maybe Whoa. somebody's been afraid to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm teasing. I gotta take my digs. <laughs> gotta take my digs. So, happy Father's Day, all dad. <laughs> we are hoping and praying that you are having an amazing day. <clears throat> Excuse me. Time with your family and, um, you know, around here we take that time to kind of roast dad and... <laughs> and Make him feel super special, so. Especially me, since my birthday is right there. Yes. Close to it. Yeah, so your birthday is actually, what, Tuesday? Tuesday. Yeah, so. I'm going to be Sunday's 30 Father's years Day. old. Oh, yes, plus I'm 10. I'm so glad to be 30. Plus 10. Huh? I was told <laughs> there'd be no math. You're leaving off decades. A decade, no. babe. No. Not decades, the, but a decade. Yeah. Mm. You, you just forget that decade? At least I'm not as old as you. Wow. <laughs> Super sweet. And on that note, our topic today is <laughs> what not to say to your wife. <laughs> um, I no. kid, I kid. Well, you're really not, but it's okay. <laughs> I love you anyway. So I can't, I can't help I married an older woman. <laughs> I'm, I'm married up. I don't know about that, but... <laughs> Yeah, we'll just we'll just skip that topic and keep going. How about that? <laughs> um All right. So, real quick, um just want to keep on your minds the fact that uh we have the Remnant Youth Retreat coming up. It's getting close. Please keep us in your prayers um that all the leaders would be Holy Spirit led. And that the kids would be open to receive what God has for them that weekend because it's going to be powerful, I believe. Yeah. Um, also, our kids and I <laughs> am getting to go to the ramp next weekend. Super excited about that. Yeah, yeah. Some people I've, have to work for a living. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, I've never been, the kids have never been, so this is a new experience for us. I've heard lots of great things, so I'm super excited about it. Um, I don't think there's anything else that I needed to cover. I don't think. So we're, you want to just jump right in? Let's go. All right. Well, we could not let a week go by, uh, that honors fathers without talking about fathers, but, and I'm springing this on my husband, he doesn't know that this is happening, but I would like to say, well, I would like us to focus not just on dads, but on men in general, and husbands, and um, future husbands, and those kinds of things, and um, um, 
kind of just talk to the men out there because I feel like this world right now is really attacking men and their character and um, making them question who they are and um, who they were created to be. So, um, before we get started, I would like to say that I am very, very thankful and privileged and blessed um, with the man I have. Um, You have been an amazing husband. You have been um, my best friend, and um, they don't make a better daddy out there than what you've been. You have um, blown me away in so many ways um, with your selflessness, um, how much you put us first, especially me. Um, You know, I've seen you come in tired from a day a long day of work and if I'm not feeling well put me first and take care of me and I've seen you do it time after time so I am incredibly thankful that the Lord um knew better than we did (laughs) (laughs) that's for sure and put us together and I just want to say thank you thank you baby I love you I love you too (laughs) I'm not crying you're crying I'm not crying not yet (laughs) <laughs> All right, so um, before we get started, um, let's just kind of discuss when we say the world is really attacking men, um, I just kind of want to clarify that because I feel like a lot of people dance around it, and I just want to be very, very clear um, on where we stand as um a family where we stand as a husband and wife and where we stand as Christians. And I will tell you very clearly um, that God created a man and a woman in Genesis. He did not create two men or two women. Um, I'm not trying to get political or controversial. That's not my, that's not my goal. But we made it very clear when we started this podcast that we would be biblically rooted and grounded. Yep. And I'm not going to back down from that. Um, And I feel like it's really, really important that today's society understand um, that men were created for a purpose and for a reason and women were created for a purpose and for a reason. And, and, um, I, you know, we're going to probably say some things tonight or today, wherever you're listening, <laughs> but we're probably going to say some things that will ruffle some feathers. You may not fully agree with me, but I can promise you this. That whatever I say, I will back up with scripture. And um, it's not my opinion, it's the word of God. Yep. So I'll, you know, go ahead and put that disclaimer out. We don't ever want to turn anyone off to listening to us, but we're also not going to shy away from the biblical truth. And um, so there's your disclaimer. <laughs> <laughs> and we love you, even if you don't turn us off, we yep. love you. That's right. And, um, but I pray that you don't. I pray that you hang in there with us and <clears throat> and um, 
and just kind of learn what God says about men and women and, and what we're supposed to do. And another disclaimer, <laughs> just in case it gets kind of rowdy out here, we're on the deck and yeah. it is a great night to be out here. The wind is blowing. It's not hot. But sometimes the wind gusts get up. So yeah. if you hear a little bit of background noise, that's going to be what it is. You may not can hear it. We tested it before, and it didn't seem like you could hear it really bad. But um, if you do hear something, that's what it is. <laughs> it's kind of become our uh, podcasting place. It has. I like it because the dogs aren't loud. Yeah. Like I just heard one of the dogs bark. Yeah. So I'm thinking to myself, if we were inside <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> recording, they could hear that. So I do kind of like that. And it, and you know, we don't have to put the dogs outside. We like to come out and sit on our deck anyway. So yeah. why not? You know? So, um, <clears throat> really quick, I want to go to Genesis and I'm going to have to find my places. I did not plan. I'm being completely <laughs> Holy Spirit led. And some people that know me would say, well, hallelujah, because that's not my typical MO. Not that I'm not Holy Spirit led, but I like to have a plan. So, <clears throat> all right. I want to, okay, here we go. Genesis um, 1, we'll start at verse 26. It says, Then God said, Let us make man in our own, in our image, according to our likeness. Let, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over the earth, and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female he created them then god blessed them and said to them be fruitful and multiply fill the earth and subdue it have dominion over the fish of the sea over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth okay then if we skip over to chapter 2 um, we'll start in verse 15. It says, Then the Lord God took the man, put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. I'm going to stop there for just a second. God does not say, I will make him a helper equal to him. <laughs> and that's going to ruffle some feathers. And that's okay. He says comparable to him. And yeah. he also says helper. Yeah. Okay. Does not say, he I'm going to create someone to lord over him and boss him around and nag him and tell him what to do and take the leadership position. Right? Yep. Okay, I'm just making sure I'm That's reading what that said. right. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so then, and this is still in chapter 2. Uh, we're going to skip over to verse 21. And the Lord, call, Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib, which the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman, and he brought her to the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. 
she shall be called woman, because she was taken out of a man. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother, and be joined to his wife, that they shall become one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Okay. So, let's unpack that just a little bit. <clears throat> you have anything mm -mm. that sticks out that you want to? No. Okay. Not yet. All right. Well, the one thing that I wanted to unpack out of that is that um, when God causes him to fall asleep, he pulls the rib and he makes him makes a woman out of the man's rib, right? Mm -hmm. um, and you've probably heard pastors and preachers and teachers and, and others talk about how the rib is from the side, meaning a woman should always be at the man's side. And I don't disagree with that. I agree with that completely. But that's not even what sticks out to me in these scriptures. What sticks out to me in these scriptures is Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. In other words, she's part of me. Mm -hmm. It's not just her and me. No, she's part of me. When you choose a wife, when you um, make the commitment, when you ask a woman to marry you, when you say your I do's, you and that woman, you become one flesh. You become flesh of each other's flesh, bone of each other's bone. It is no longer she has this, I have this. It You are one. It's a covenant. Absolutely. It is not a contract. Yeah. Too many people have marriage confused <laughs> with a contract, and it is not. It is a covenant. Yeah. It is a covenant. <clears throat> All right. So, um, so he immediately, Adam does, acknowledges that she is part of him, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that if I can be as bold to say, I think what we women get wrong is we think we are a superior being sometimes. <laughs> And that men just can't live without us. Um, and we think that, oh, well, if, if, if my husband had to live without me, he'd be lost. And he might be. He might be. But that's a very prideful yeah. outlook. Now, if you're kidding about that, that's one thing. I'm not talking about when you're kidding around and you're joking and saying, oh, he'd be lost without me. He wouldn't know where this was or that was. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when you really get that prideful mentality that if you want something done right, I just got to do it myself. <laughs> and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And you start boasting yourself and putting yourself on a pedestal where you don't belong. And as a woman, and I can say this because I'm a woman, I have been in that place and I have taken the leadership role in our marriage 
the spiritual leadership role specifically, probably more than that, but right now we're talking spiritually. Yeah. And because I did that, I literally stunted your spiritual growth. And and this that's it's not saying we're not saying that that was wrong of you to do because at that time I wasn't stepping into that position. Right. So you But for a time. For yeah, so you stepped into that position. But when it was time for you to step back, mm-hmm. you stood your ground. Yeah. I didn't I didn't have any trust in you that you were capable. Yeah. And that was that was pride on my part. That was pride saying if you don't do this, your whole family's going to fall apart spiritually. Mm-hmm. When in reality, my whole family was falling apart spiritually. My son was addicted to drugs. He was drinking, abusing alcohol. Who knows what else? My other son was struggling with secrets and deep depression and suicidal thoughts and even suicide attempts. Yeah. And my young, my baby will just keep, he's got a testimony of his own. I'm, I don't think he's ready to share that, but, but he has a testimony. He was struggling with his own stuff and I had no idea because I was not in the right position. I'm telling you, it is all about position. If you're not willing to get in the position God designed you to be in, and again, like Josh said, you know, it's not to say that you won't have to step up and be a spiritual leader for a time. Yeah. But God didn't design women to be the spiritual leaders of the home. He did. He just didn't. That's not in his plan. And, you know, I kind of look at it like this. Because you were out of position, you were unable to see the things that were happening. And, you you know me, I'm I'm a big baseball nerd. So (laughs) just like with an umpire, if an umpire is on the the baseball field and he's not in the right position Mm -hmm. to see if that player's safe at home. Right. You know, maybe somebody's blocking his view. He he doesn't know what call to make, so he just throws something out there. Right. And a With, lot of time he's influenced by the people around by him. By the people around him. Yeah. Yeah. So when you're out of position, you can't see what's going on. Yeah. There, there, there's a reason that things are supposed to be in order, in a certain order. Yep. Absolutely. He's he's got a plan. You know, he designed it this way for a reason. He He did. <laughs> and you know, and I'm not telling you anything that I haven't preached to myself. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. I'm we're talking about me here. We're picking <laughs> apart me here. So this is not something that and if you've heard our testimony, you've heard me say it before. And one day we'll be able to share our testimony in full. And I'm excited for that day because I'm excited for people to see that just because you do it wrong or you get it wrong doesn't mean you have to keep it wrong. Yeah. It doesn't mean that God can't restore what you've messed up. Yep. He's the restorer of all things. 
So, um, before we jump to talking about fatherhood, and while we're still on husbands and wife, I want to, um, I want to talk about Ephesians 5, and, you know, people will cringe <laughs> when they hear me say Ephesians 5, because, especially women, because women don't like that second word in Ephesians 5.22, and it's submit. Well, we're going to read it, and then we'll unpack it just a little bit. So, Ephesians 5.22, we'll start there. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is head of the wife, also as also Christ is head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is sub subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. You, you got something you want to? Well, I was just going to say uh a lot of men, when when they read this, they like to stop right there at verse twenty four. Yeah. They don't they don't like to keep reading. No, because they don't they don't want to recognize and understand that it's not just the wives that have a part in this. Yeah, you got a job to do too, buddy. Absolutely. <laughs> but so so since we're stopping there, let's stop for for a second right there. Um, well, I tell you what, let's just read the rest of it. Yeah. And then we'll unpack it. Verse 27, that he might present him, her, ugh, try again. <laughs> that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as they love their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother, and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Okay. So let's start back at verse 22 and let's start unpacking. Why do you think, and this may be a rhetorical question, you may not know the reason why, but why do you think so many wives have a problem with the word submit? Um, I think... I have my own opinion, so I'm going to let you answer first. <laughs> um, well, I just feel like that um, maybe it shows weakness. Maybe mm -hmm. they, they think it symbolizes weakness mm -hmm. to submit to someone like that. And and like you said earlier, you know, like like today, it's all about, you know, I'm a strong, independent woman. I don't yep. need a man. And I, I think that goes against what the world is teaching yeah. Oh, it absolutely does. Yeah. Absolutely so, does. So the the world. This whole Bible goes against what the oh, world yeah, teaches. The, you know. So. so the world is telling women to be strong, independent, mm -hmm. don't need a man. Yeah. And God is saying right here, submit to your husbands. Women are like, uh, uh, not me. But this is the thing. It does. It doesn't just say wives submit to your own husbands. 
they stop right there. Mm-hmm. It literally says, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is head of the house or head of the wife, also as Christ is head of the church. Okay, you don't have any trouble. If you are a Christ, if you are a true Christian, if you have truly given your heart to the Lord, you have no problem submitting to God, or you shouldn't. Yeah. It's not easy. The refining doesn't <laughs> feel good sometimes. Yeah. Submitting doesn't feel good sometimes. The leaning and the waiting and the resting and the, whew, it does not feel good sometimes. But you don't have a problem understanding that that's the way it's supposed to be, that God is the head. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. And that the only way to heaven is through Christ Jesus. Okay. <laughs> Why do you have a problem submitting to your husband then? He literally says, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Now, let me clarify. When I say submit, I'm not talking about the husband should have his thumb on top of his wife's head, telling her where she can go, what she can do, how she can do it. I'm not even saying that. Should you discuss those things with him? 150% yes. You should be in agreement on everything you do. And I'm going to be honest, if you do something that is not in agreement with your husband, guess what? (laughs) You, period, are, period, wrong, period. I can just see myself texting that. (laughs) You are wrong. Because, okay, and I'm not saying that... Because I can can already hear the arguments that are going to come in. I can already hear it. (laughs) It's going to be like, well, what if he, uh, what if I know I'm doing the right thing and he doesn't agree with it? And uh, what if I know I'm, what if I'm going to church and he doesn't agree with it? Okay. So let's be reasonable here, right? If your husband is not in the right spot, if he is not spiritually leading your home, then you've got to get some other things right before you can get everything in this scriptures right, mm-hmm. right? So what I'm talking about is if you're making big decisions for your family and for you and your husband specifically does not like that decision and you go against that knowing he doesn't like that, you're wrong. Yeah, and, I, and there's no way to, you can put lipstick on a pig all day long and it's still a pig, right? You took that from me. I did. You <laughs> taught me that. I don't even know, like so many years ago, but I like died laughing when I heard it because I thought it was so good. But, and I get passionate about this because I've done it wrong. Like I said, I've done it wrong. I've been out of agreement with you yeah. and I've been, um, belittling to you and and tearing you down spiritually and and emotionally and I've done all those things and I know what it can do to a marriage Mm -hmm. and I know what it can do to a man and if you if you if you follow any like marriage podcasts or anything like that um one of my favorites is the um, 
the EXO Marriage Conference. Yeah. And I love them, uh, Jimmy and Karen Evans. Um, and Jimmy Evans has a book, um, Marriage on the Rock, I think is what it's called. And in that book, he goes through the top needs of men and the top needs of women. And ladies, you will be surprised to know that the top need of a man is respect and honor. It is not sex. It is not physical touch. It is respect and honor. And here's the thing. We have too many women, including myself at one time, that are belittling men and putting them down, making them feel worthless, um, and you are literally stripping from them who God intended them to be. Um, so what what is the number one need of a woman? Security? Security. security. And so where is physical touch on there? I don't know, but for a woman, I think it's very low. Is it? Mm-hmm. I think it's like three or... I think it's like three for a man. Two or three. Well, but, I, I, w- I was just thinking, you know, if you respect your husband and honor your husband, then he's going to be more likely to give you those things that you need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that you desire. Sure. If you're disrespecting him. And, and, the, and it goes vice versa. Yeah, exactly. If you're giving your wife what she needs then she's going to be more willing to give you what you need yeah it's again this is a union it is not um it's not a contract it's a covenant (laughs) and i don't know how many times we can say that yep were you going to say something else if i was i don't remember i'm sorry it's okay (laughs) i told you i get passionate but okay so the other thing i want to say that's really big on my heart and this is from experience as well. Um, There's a lot of things we got wrong. Um, But there's one thing we did get right. And that is what we struggled with, our fights, what irritated me about you, what irritated you about me. We did not run off and tell our parents or our best friends or any of that. Because here's the deal, y'all. You go to your parents or your best friends and you vent about everything that they've ticked you off about. (laughs) When you go home, y'all are going to make up. Probably in the best ways. (laughs) But... You're going to make up, you're going to forgive him or her, and guess what? Those people are still going to remember the last bad thing that you said about them. Yep. Now, let me clarify. There is a time and a place and a season and a need for having trusted voices in your marriage that speak into your marriage, but you have to be very, very careful what... And who they are. Yeah. First of all, if you are 
allowing those trusted voices to be non-believers, you need to cut that off. Mm -hmm. The trusted voices in your life should be believers. Yeah. And they should know this word. They should, they should, they should be biblical examples. And if they're not, they don't need to be speaking. And just because they go to church with you, don't mean they're a believer. No, it does not. And don't mean they're somebody that you should run to. And they can know the Bible frontwards, backwards, <laughs> upside down, and inside out. But if they're not, if their fruit doesn't show it, if they're rude to people, if they're hateful, if they're um, not loving, if they're and, not accepting of 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 people and 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 love on people, and they their fruit just doesn't show that, yeah. They don't need to be speaking in here. One life. thing I heard one time was if they'll gossip to you about mm. other people, they'll gossip to other people they about you. They are gossiping yeah. about you to yeah. other people. 100%. So, so just keep that are. in mind when, when you share with people. And I'm just going to look, let me tell you something. I, I've never danced around anything and I've always been very real, right? Mm -hmm. Let me be very clear when I say this. Not only can. The wrong voices be people sitting next to you in church, but they can also be leaders in the church. Yeah. You need to be very careful. Just because they hold a position in the church, whatever that position is, whether it's the top position, whether it's a mediocre position, whatever, that does not mean that you need to trust them with your marriage. That's right. You need to pray about it. You need to be Holy Spirit led about it. And you need to make sure that their fruit shows what they say out of their mouth mm -hmm. before they speak into your marriage. We've been there. We've done that. And we've been burned. Yep. Take it from someone who knows. 100% been burned. And getting over hurt like that is not easy. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> so there's the, the wife's responsibility to submit to your husband as to the Lord. You don't have any trouble submitting to the Lord. You shouldn't have any trouble submitting to your husband. Submit is not an evil word, ladies. <laughs> it's just not. Um, and then the second part of that, though, that where husbands stop <laughs> is love your wives as Christ loved the church. Y'all, Luke 15 tells us that he would leave the 99 for one. That's how much he loves us. Mm -hmm. He was willing to give his own life for us. If you can't sacrifice some comfort, like that easy chair you sit in, mm -hmm. that remote you like to hold on to, and I'm just, I picked on wives and I got to pick on husbands. <laughs> if you can't sacrifice some of that comfort, for the better of what your spouse needs and to show your wife that you love her, then you need to get in this word and you need to really read it and study it because it's going to, it's going to step on your toes. Um, Christ didn't put himself first. Yeah. And he had every right well, to, you know, I, I think about when it says, love your wife, the way Christ loved the church. Mm -hmm. He has what they call agape love, mm -hmm. which is unconditional. Yeah. No matter what, mm -hmm. no matter what you've done to him. Yeah. 
He loves you. Mm-hmm. And that's the way you should love your wife. If you've made that covenant with her, that's the way you should love her. Unconditionally. Mm-hmm. If she messes up, you forgive her. Absolutely. I mean, you know, yeah, you still got to deal with it. Right. But you forgive her and you continue to love her mm-hmm. no matter what. Yeah. And husbands and wives, please hear this, okay? Do not put your kids above your spouse. Oh, yeah. That is so out of order. Yeah. And there's a lot of people that are not going to like me saying that. But if you are putting your kids above your spouse, you are out of order. I don't care if it's your first marriage, second marriage, third marriage. I don't care. Your spouse comes first. Yep. God, then your spouse. So I guess they come second. Okay. God first, your spouse, then your kids. And you don't put the church over your spouse? No. No. You absolutely do not. And there's a lot of people who have it wrong. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people who have it wrong. A lot yeah. of people I know personally that have it wrong. It's just not biblical. Yeah. Nowhere in the Word does it say that your local church should be put above your spouse. Anywhere. Yeah. Nowhere. If Email us if you find <laughs> it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So we've picked on husbands and wives. Now let's talk about fatherhood for a minute. Um, first of all, I would like to say to all fathers, thank you for um, being there for your kids and and setting those examples that you're setting. And if you have failed in setting those examples, this is a perfect time to make that 180 and and do it right. Get back on the right track. Yeah. Um, but I want to say a special thank you out there to all of the... I guess the common term now for it is bonus dads. <laughs> the dads who stepped up and they didn't have to. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that it takes a special person. It does. And um, there's a lot of biological fathers out there who are not biological. I mean, that are biological fathers, but they are not dads. Yeah. And they do not father their children. Um I can think of one couple right now um, that um, the biological father's not even in the picture. The dad has adopted the the daughter, and um, that's all she's ever known is mm-hmm. that's her dad. And um, I know what that means to her mom. Yeah, I know what that means. Um, so thank you to all of you who are out there, biological dads, bonus dads, all of you, uncles who step in the place of dads, grandparents who step in the place of dads, all of those things. I have, um, an incredible legacy of dads in my life, um, 
<laughs> I have one grandfather that's no longer with us that set a great example for me. And I have a grandfather now that I'm actually going to go see him tomorrow. <laughs> and he is so, so special to me. Um, I don't think he even knows what he's done in my life. And And I want to point out that grandfather that's no longer with you was not your blood grandfather. No, he was not. But you couldn't tell him. <laughs> you couldn't. <laughs> At all. No. No, I was his. Um, my mama was his. He came into my mama's life when she was 10. And um, he just took on that role, and he loved her like he was, like she was his. So, yeah. Um, and I have a fantastic... Um, uncle that has been like a second dad to me, he has, um, he has stepped in, um, and been there for me so much because my, my dad wasn't close by, so, and he was, so he kind of was able to step in and, and advise me and, and love me, um, and I know my dad appreciated that because he wanted to be here and, and then there's my daddy. Um, he's been a great example for me, and he has had a lot to do with me becoming who I am. And um, it was just me and him for a really long time. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I have some of the most precious memories. And um, so, Poppy... Uncle Kelly, Daddy, Big Daddy in Heaven, Grandpa, um, thank y'all for your influence over my life. I have a fantastic bonus dad. Um, he has, uh, he just showed up in our lives right when we needed him. Yep. And um, loves my mama, loves my kids, loves us. Yep. And, um would give you the shirt off his back if he could. Um, he's, have, he's another one that yeah. y you can't tell that no. we don't belong to him. No, absolutely not. He is, um, he is absolutely precious to me. So now that I'm done weeping and sobbing. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about dads and let's talk about what are some of the things you as a dad that you can look back and you don't have to get super super deep but what are some of the things you can look back over your 20 almost 21 years now of being a dad um what are some of the things that you feel like you have done well let's start with what are some of the things you've done that you feel like were good like the solid things that you feel like you did well I think I showed them a good work ethic. Absolutely. And I showed them how to love you. <laughs> now you got me crying. Come on now. Chad will be proud. <laughs> I know, right? This is for you, Chad. Um, 
He's not the only one that can cry on a podcast. <laughs> um, and I, I just, I always loved them. Just. Mm-hmm. There's a lot you did right. <laughs> I would say that some of my most precious things that I hold dear to my heart that you did right were showing them how to love me um, and respect me um, and um, showing them how to pick yourself back up even though you fail and um, not beat yourself up about it and let God truly take that failure and turn it into what he wants to turn it into, you know? Um, so those are the, those are a couple of the things that I hold so precious. Um, okay. Ah. Um, what do you think? What, if you had to pick one thing that you think dad struggle with the most, what would you say it would be? I know, if, I don't know if I could just say dads in general, but I know for me, it was forgiving myself. Yeah. Because, you know, I think forgiving myself, even though others forgave me, I think that's where a lot of my anger through the years came from, was just being mad at myself and not being able to forgive myself. Yeah. You have struggled with that. Yeah. Not just with the kids, but with me as well. Yeah. Um, I think sometimes, I mean, we talked about it earlier. The man and the woman are created to do different things. Women are naturally nurturing beings. Mm -hmm. They just, it comes natural to us and it doesn't necessarily come natural to men. Um, and I think sometimes men have to make that, you know, fathers have to make that extra effort to really tune in to what their kids are going through, whether they're boys or girls, it really doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, and I think it's harder for girl dads because they have to not only be in tune with what their daughters are going through, but then they have to also try to relate to a daughter yeah. who is not made up the same way. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad way. I didn't have to do that. <laughs> um, and I, you know, I'm I'm kind of cheating by saying this, but I don't think boy moms have it quite as hard as girl dads, because girl dads automatically go into that protective mode and they can get overprotective. Yeah, and um. You know, and that stuff, and and boy moms can do the same thing, but I think it is harder for girl dads to to relate. So I think 
if I would say there was one thing that I think dads in general struggle with sometimes, it's connecting with your kids. Because usually in most families, and it's a little less common now, but most families that the dad is, you know, like you said, he's showing a good work ethic. He's, he's make, he's the breadwinner. He's making sure the bills are paid and, and to do that, he's got to go out and work. And granted, most families now are two income households, but, um, it just comes more naturally to women to make time for their kids, even though they're working. Yeah. And that has to be like an extra effort for dad. It does. You know, um, one of the things in Ephesians 6 that it says, um, you know, everybody focuses on the children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is verse one and, uh, through four, um, which is the first commandment with promise, um, that it may be well with you and you may live a long life on the earth. And then they stop. And they don't read verse 4. Verse 4 says, And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Mm -hmm. That's going to mean sometimes you don't pick fights with them. That's going to mean sometimes when they want to fight, you do stand your ground, but you don't instigate it to escalate it to a different degree. You know what I mean? You have to stand your ground, but in a loving manner. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, fatherhood is not easy. (laughs) It is, you know, parenthood is not easy. Yeah. But this day and age, being a dad has never been more attacked than it is right now. Absolutely. Um, being the man of your house has never been more attacked than it is right now. Um, is there anything else you want to say on the fatherhood side just just be there for your kids listen to them because sometimes they just need you to listen mm-hmm. yeah that's good um and i think we'll close out with this scripture and it's, it's not just about fatherhood, it's about parenthood in general. Um, Proverbs 22, 6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. <laughs> and if there is a testament to that, it is us. Yeah. We have had our kids in church since they were babies. Our youngest was born while we were going to church. I went into labor with him in church. <laughs> um, but um, we have had um, not the easiest of roads. We've We've had bumps along the way, and there were times that I just got so frustrated and I was like, man, did he forget everything he was ever taught? I would did not raise him this way. Um, 
and not just one of my kids, you know, but I am seeing it all come full circle. My kids are dedicated to the Lord. They love Jesus and they serve the Lord. They're leaders in youth groups and praise teams and um, I'm just blown away by how true that promise of Proverbs 22, 6 is. Yep. It may not always seem like it, but that is something that I can testify to is that that is 100% true. Yes, it is. Whew, okay. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Just a cry episode, apparently. Well, you want to close us out in prayer? Sure. Father, we thank you for this day, Lord. And we just thank you for leading us and directing us yes. in our everyday life, Lord. And just being there and loving us no matter what, Lord. Yes. And Father, I just pray for all the dads out there yes. that whatever they're going through, Lord, that you give them the strength that they need to push through and, and lean on you yes. in, in the hard times, Father. And Father, we just thank you for everything you've done for us, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the After Amen podcast. We would like to invite you to follow us on Facebook, Instagram at After Amen Podcast, or you can send us an email at afteramenpodcast at gmail.com. And you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Pocket Cast. Thanks for joining us.